1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, DA. How are you? Good morning, my neighbor! Damon hey, Amendola. Yes, how are you? Yeah, thanks for having me on, buddy. Baby brand new.
2: start
3: today good morning good morning the rest of my life gonna start today yeah the bang and the boom let the big doggie be a great question all about
2: the dog
3: this is why you do what you do no somebody
4: Stop me! I'm coming to you to be fat. Let me be fat.
3: Look, there's so many oh. sickos in this country. This is facts. A little more juice, what? I am broken.
5: Good morning, na na, na. Good morning, na, na, na. Good morning, na, na, na. Good morning. Na, na, na. The rest of my
1: life gonna start today. <laughs> CBS Sports Radio.
3: Well, as I was saying, I was listening to the radio. I heard something. And what did you hear? A hissing sound like this. Hey, T.A., Hey, D.A. Let me aboard that mother ship. Permission to board that mothership, sir. Well, you know, I had to slide through
6: the intergalactic swag party. D.A. man, be me up. <laughs> What's going on, my brother, from another mother? Be me up. The guys are the Can man. Make
5: it
2: Permission fun. to board that mother ship. Another mother ship. Mother has connected. connected. And you
5: the man, D.A.
4: Happy Monday morning, North America! Welcome back from the weekend, the Mothership Reconnects. Welcome aboard our sports spaceship expanding across the universe. Conferences be damned live from the CBS Sports Radio Studios in New York City. Heard affiliates nationwide and north of the border, the free Odyssey app, the CBS Sports app, Sirius XM Channel 158 from Anchorage to Atlanta. Can't trust that enough. From Corvallis to Chicago, Kalamazoo, and Waterloo. We are on the air. Hey,
3: listening, DA. Everything we're saying, DA. Everything.
4: Ask, uh, Anchorage to Alaska, as Pete reminds me, is where we began on Friday. Today we have expanded our horizons and now actually going coast to coast. Uh, it is bogus with you. Once again, this is not a vacation. This is not a summer Monday. This is not paternity leave. Uh, Damon is getting the temporary boost to the biggest of chairs here at CBS Sports Radio. He'll be in, actually in this seat later today hosting the Jim Rome show. Full to, on nude. Da- I, that I cannot confirm. It might be good for ratings on CBS Sports Network. Tune in six hours from now. That's today through Thursday. Then we get a Summer Friday, eh? So you've got me all week. Today we have spun the wheel of characters. And we have landed on Pete the Body Bellotti in his usual chair. Pat Boyle is to my left. He's got your updates. And your update on professional butt slapping from Vegas. I and, think my butt getting big. And Ryan Betcher debuts in the producer's chair. Ryan has been crushing it on the wheels of steel when Pete is here or doesn't want to work and makes up interviews to do relax. Ryan has stepped in and crushed it. And Pete, because he's going to take credit for Ryan now bumps Ryan up to the producer chair, I believe for all five days this week. And Uh, that's correct. Even before this show begins, Ryan delivers again. If you've been listening along all summer, you've known that Ryan, when he shows up, is always in a high-quality T-shirt. Today I look over, it's Metallica. It smells of new cotton. I go, is that a fresh Metallica shirt? It is. He was at MetLife Stadium last night. Not Saturday, not Friday. Last night at the Meadowlands, rocking out to Metallica. And then he shows up here. The voice you just heard Pete the Body Bilotti, infamous for taking at least 48 hours off after a Sunday night wrestling event. But whoa, here's Betcher right out of the gate from the Meadowlands to here to produce this show. He continues to amaze. And it's botcher. What did I
6: call him? Betcher, Betcher Botcher. It's, it's German. It's close enough. Close I am tired, though. so
4: Either way, Ryan Botcher is here, and I'm very excited about that. Also here's today, intern Brooke, who I was introduced to this morning as if she was new. That threw me for a loop. I wasn't <laughs> sure if I was calling her the wrong name all summer or what kind of time warp were you in, uh, but Brooke is not new. In fact, Brooke is almost done, so <laughs> meet her while you can. So we've got a lot to do, as always, this morning, coming off a very busy weekend. You may remember one of the last things we talked about on Friday morning was maybe the Pac-12 has life. Yeah, that lasted for about 17 minutes. The Pac-12 is basically gone. We will do a lot on expansion throughout the morning, including Tyson Alger from the I-5 corridor. He writes for that website now, formerly of The Athletic, covers Oregon, the Ducks, Oregon sports as a whole. He's on the show in hour number four. Is Jordan Love struggling at Packers camp? We'll figure that out with the help of our good friend Adam Shine this morning. Not live on the show, but he flipped out on a CBS Sports Network show last week. And that led to a lot of reaction in and out of Green Bay. So that's coming up this morning as well. Carson Wentz posts one of the saddest pictures ever. Of course, we'll do that this morning. Maybe the Angels should have listened to us and traded Shohei Otani. And the Lakers extend Anthony Davis. But... As I sit here right now, if it was not monsooning in New York, there would be World Cup soccer on our TV screens in the studio. Instead, there is the Please Come Back Soon direct TV message. We have no satellite system. Uh, but as that tourney continues down under, it does not have Team USA in it. Maybe that's how you woke up yesterday. It is definitely where we begin today. It's your cold over.
3: Old- Lena who has hurt the U.S. before, no one of play, has a chance to put them out of the World Cup. If she scores. Sweden wins. The U.S. is out. If not, another round. Karting. Off there. Did it go in? Waiting on a signal. Wow. Sweden wins.
2: Sometimes you learn the most from your failures, which sucks, but it's part of my career as well. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, this is... My last time in this crest, so I'm excited for them in the future. Yeah,
1: it's a it's a tough one, and there's just some some dark, dark comedy and me missing a penalty in my last game ever. So, I mean, that's a sick joke.
6: That's just like, yeah.
3: I don't believe it! The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending... It's DA's top story. Here he goes! It's your cold open.
0: In
4: reverse order, you just heard Megan Rapinoe, Julie Ertz, and then JP Della Camera on Fox calling that remarkable end to U.S. Sweden, I guess 23, 22 hours ago. Uh, I woke up as the second half was ending, extra time begins, and then the PKs, and it was a lot to go through to process before 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning. This has been... A controversial, a disappointing, a confusing World Cup for Team USA, but they seem to have figured things out against Sweden, except for the scoring part. They played their best match of this event, as you know by now, could have won multiple times in regulation, maybe a time or two in that extra time. But the Swedish goaltender, Musevic, just kept turning them away. And then PKs, they get the two misses, one miss, one save. They've got multiple chances to put it this way and move on. Three missed PKs then from the USA. Finally, Sweden converts an all-time review. I mean, just remarkable across the board that Alyssa Nair touched it to begin with, then almost knocked it off the goal line. And that review, as delayed as it was, being shown to us. And I couldn't figure out if Fox controls all of that or if the World Feed controls all of that. Who actually gets blamed for the slow showing of the replay? But we finally got that graphic from the VAR of that soccer ball by, I don't know, millimeters, tenths of millimeters, just over the goal line, making it good, making Sweden win, and sending U.S. soccer back home out of the round of 16, their earliest exit ever in this event, going for a 3P. They had only ever reached at least the semifinals, and here they are, two rounds shy of that being knocked out a deserved result based on their group stage play but not on the way they played yesterday against Sweden and as they move forward there's a lot of things to figure out a lot of things to digest here most as soon there's going to be a head coaching change Vladko andonovski has uh, over team this program for a couple of years and this is not the first disappointment. The last Olympics did not go well. In fact, I think they've only won four of the last ten major tourneys they've been in. Not all under him. Now, that's a pretty nice winning percentage, but it's not what the U.S. women's soccer program is used to. There are a lot of issues. I still know almost nothing about soccer, but I knew not to go back to Megan Rapinoe yesterday after the way she played in the previous round, and that was the second sub they made, and it did not go well at three or four corner kicks that were never dangerous uh, and then, of course, the Miss PK, and you heard Rapino discussing that at the end of your cold open. But as we move forward here, and even U.S. soccer put the statement out yesterday that, you know, it's great that the rest of the world is now here, and this event moves on, and uh, that that there's more competition and a deeper pool of teams and players. And that's my concern here this morning, because during group stage, watching those matches, it felt a lot like watching U.S. men's soccer, where they couldn't generate chances or if they did they couldn't convert them they were struggling to beat lesser opponents or inferior opponents or couldn't pull off the upset and get the job done and now i'm back in that same area where i'm wondering if because the rest of the world has caught up the us women's kind of head start has now vanished and now the overall us american soccer kind of infrastructure from you know from being 8 years old all the way through feeding into the national team If the shortcomings of that system, which have hamstrung the men's side, is now the problem on the women's side. And I know that there were injuries, significant players, Uh, Macario wasn't there, Mallory Pugh-Swanson wasn't there. This Becky Sauerbrun defensively. This was not the 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 best U.S. women's soccer team they could have put out there, but they still should have been better in the group stage, had an easier uh, round of 16 match. They should have flipped with the Netherlands, should have been playing South Africa, not Sweden number three team in the world. And it got to Burnham yesterday. And they're in a place where they're gonna have significant changes moving forward. Personnel-wise, Julia's crying she's likely done. Alex Morgan said post-match yesterday, she hasn't decided anything yet, but she probably at the very least is not going to be one of the lead names, lead players four years from now. So there's a lot of young talent, a lot of underused talent, some other players who are not healthy right now who will circle their way back into this mix. It'll be a much different team moving forward and probably with different leadership. And it's deservedly so because this just flat out did not go well, did not go as expected and did not figure things out fast enough, earlier enough to avoid this really embarrassing result. And that's exactly what it is. And by the way, you can call this embarrassing, you can call this disappointing, you can call this not good enough. You can be plenty negative about this performance because they've put themselves with their previous success, they've set the highest of standards, and when they don't meet them, we absolutely should call them out on it and we should explore why they didn't get there and what needs to be changed, who needs to be changed, whether it's the support staff, the technical staff, or it's the top guy in Andonovsky, or it's everybody. Those are all valid questions, fair questions, and we'll get answers on them sometime soon. You can say all of those things without knocking this team. And I understand that they say things and they do things that you might not necessarily agree with, but that doesn't mean that they shouldn't have your support, especially when a lot of your arguments about patriotism and now here you are ex- celebrating a U.S. team losing a major sporting event. They, you don't like them complaining or talking or debating or fighting for the things that they think are wrong. But now you're sitting here celebrating, enjoying their defeat because you don't like certain things and you don't agree with certain things. At so the very least, that makes you a hypocrite. It might make you worse things. Even the stupid chippy jokes about oh too many commercials, not enough goals. I don't understand those tweets, which were the first ones I saw yesterday when this match was over. When you write that, when you say that, are you saying that they were they were there were too many photo shoots? They weren't practicing soccer enough, and that's why Alex Morgan's header was saved yesterday on a diving play by the goalie. Like that's that's her fault. I just there's so much ridiculous back and forth, contradictory behavior, being hypocritical. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. And we should just be better. And we can be critical of them, and they deserve it. And there are questions, valid questions to ask, tough questions that deserve tough, thoughtful answers from them. But the petty stuff is should be beneath us. Should be beneath us. It's not. I wish it was. I'm not surprised that it isn't. But we should kind of work to be a little bit better by that. And we are efforting, by the way, a soccer guest, our friends uh, at the athletic, are trying to find somebody that maybe even might will be awake down under. I believe now we've crossed into past 10 o'clock p.m. Monday night down there, so hopefully before we're done, we'll have somebody discuss all of this better than me and Boyle, uh, but we will certainly, if not today, then tomorrow, tackle this big subject, because there's a lot of things to unpack from yesterday, and also, too, for this tournament moving forward. And P.S., one more soccer note, Messi scored two more goals last night. I think that's seven in four games. They've all been League's Cup games, and I, I think not an actual MLS game yet, but another MLS opponent last night and, you know, Miami was actually losing for a little bit, and Messi scored two goals, and then in PKs to help them advance. It's just, it's just remarkable. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. It's Bogish, Bilotti, Boyle, Botcher, and Brook, again with all the Bs. That's right. That's how you're making schedules now? That's just Bs. Based on last names? Alphabetical order. Interesting. We go C next week? Yeah. I got to find a bunch of Cs. Fair enough. Uh, when we come back, it's sound check. Um, Jody Mack is involved.
5: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic. And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Packers GM. Together. Stay tuned for that.
4: It's the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio.
1: presents
5: this program in color an educated person can't think he's going to get a recruit by uh, strippers coming in they can fire you but they can't eat you and they run through our ass like through a tin horn man and we could not stop
3: them the audio you need to hear it's da soundcheck
4: Sound check on this Monday morning begins on Saturday night. Uh, I guess SummerSlam was last night in Detroit, Pete? Oh, it was Saturday. It was Saturday. And there was a Paul brother fighting Nate Diaz Saturday night as well. That's right. The third fight Saturday was my favorite. This Guardians White Sox, Jose Ramirez against Tim Anderson.
2: The diving fun! line kicks into the
1: corner ramirez on his way to second head first slide safe and in the score is jimenez and another hustle double right over the bag at first now hosie and anderson
3: square off they're fighting they're swinging down goes anderson
4: Tom Hamilton is the most famous baseball radio announcer right now because of this call. Down goes Anderson. Down goes Anderson. Down
2: goes Anderson!
4: It was, I think, two Mondays ago where it was me and Boyle and it was EJ Stewart and we were talking about a Cubs-Cardinals. Red, uh, Cubs Cardinals, Miles Michaelis hit Ian Happ after Ian Happ hit uh, Wilson Contreras with his backswing. And EJ was very anti-violence. Me and Boyle were very pro-violence. I'm pro-violence again in this scenario. This is a heck of a fight. A lot of baseball fights are a lot of fake tough guys pushing and backing away and hold me back, hold me back. This is a full-on fight. If you haven't seen this by now, I don't know what you've been doing for the last, I don't know, 36, 48 hours. This video has been everywhere. It is Jose Ramirez sliding into second base through the legs of Tim Anderson, Anderson is in no rush to kind of step around Ramirez and give him freedom to get up. Ramirez says something from the ground, stands up, they push, they shove, and then they go, let's fight. And almost like in hockey style, Tim Anderson wiggles his glove off his left hand and puts up his dukes and away they go. And then Ramirez catches him with a right hook in the left jaw and down goes Anderson, down goes Anderson. That was just the beginning. Then there was more pushing and scrambling. They had dragged Anderson off the field once, and then I think the Cleveland third base coach almost fought the White Sox manager. And while that was going on, Anderson came back onto the field and was literally picked up and now carried off the field by one of his teammates. I, again, I'm going to be pro-violence in that. If you're going to fight, fight. And those guys fought. And even Terry Francona off the game said, you don't want to ha- enjoy this or make, make light of it. But he loved Hamilton's call, and everybody loved the fight, even though it involved a dude getting, getting knocked out. What was the nastiest fight you were in as a player? Well, I'm assuming at least once you were in a, a benches-clearing brawl.
2: Yeah, um, I was, and I'm trying to remember if that was college or if that was summer ball. In the Northwest League? Yeah. Well, or, I... or this
4: week. Two Thursdays ago. <laughs> Didn't you always get into a fight in the Boomer Cherry softball game?
2: Mm, Oh, football The flag football football game It wasn't really a fight I kind of just lost my mind I was bleep-talking a bunch of 18-year-olds Saying, I'm him (laughs) After I caught two touchdown passes That makes sense But that was about it No, I think I think there was a benches clearing kerfuffle one time In uh, one of my college games But again, nothing it It doesn't come of anything Um, no, there was a summer league one where somebody hit somebody, he like walked towards the mound. We all immediately jump out of the dugout, you know, waiting for action, testosterone riddled. And, uh, we kind of all just like come together in a scrum. And I just remember one of the coaches from the other team who was like tattoo sleeve, like probably big hog in his lip, like forearms massive for no reason. And he kind of just got in the middle and he screamed at the top of his lungs enough. And we were just like.
3: Okay. Yeah. Uh, time to go back to the dugout. Well, I can see you also getting into one of those secondary brawls that happens after the uh, the main kerfuffle.
2: Yeah, those are good. Where all of a sudden, then the cameras like jerks over because something spills out yeah. on the uh, the edge of the uh, the a brawl. bench.
3: Player fighting with a coach.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've never been in one of those. Now I'm sure you were all for this fight. You oh, love absolutely. This one. Need more fights in baseball. Need more fights. That was the best. That was the most exciting thing in baseball since Sosa versus McGuire. But do we know why he they started throwing punches? So, not exactly. Ramirez said, you know, he's
4: always been disrespecting the game for a long time now. So I, I still read it as he didn't like that he stood over him. But even though Ramirez slid in, in between his legs, rightfully so, Anderson was in regular position to take yeah, the throw. Yeah, he didn't do anything out of the, the sort. I think maybe Ramirez wanted him to move faster so he could get up. He kind of just stayed there. But, yeah, I, I think Ramirez got unnecessarily upset to there, begin all this. Yes.
6: It was warming up the entire series. So there was an, there was an incident on Friday. I think uh, a couple guys got ejected. And then earlier in the game, I think Tim Anderson was talking smack to one of the Guardians players on second base. And the he um was like separating them, so it just reached the boiling point after Ramirez got to second, and he he said, "Let's fight," and he didn't back down.
3: And he has he's had some issues before with other players. Yes. So I mean, it's not it's not surprising from his end that he's in another scuffle. Yeah. You know, but uh, this was just. You know, as Ryan was saying, maybe brewing, but...
4: But even the brewing part, like... Right. So Ramirez says in the second, and he's just ready to fight. Like, something has... In the moment, I think Anderson standing over him... Said something. Is what made him... Was made him angry. Or said something that we didn't see. True. And then Anderson was on Twitter yesterday. I don't know, eight, nine, ten tweets in a row almost presenting like a conspiracy theory. Like, I don't, like, they're out to get me. And the last one was, like, the picture bigger instead of the bigger picture. And that's that's my new favorite thing, the picture bigger. Maybe he
6: has CTE or concussion. Well,
4: I mean, that is what some people were saying, like, is is he actually still okay? Because, I mean, he was still wobbly coming off the feet. When they were the first time ushering him off, his legs still kind of buckled every once in a while. Like, he was pretty messed up. So on a serious note there could have been something wrong with them still yesterday but it was just a lot of random stuff like everyone's out to get me and i'm keeping names basically and Okay. So
3: someone might want to take the phone away from him and let, let him uh, yeah. take a take a little breather. And and plus, another thing to add on top of the White Sox. I mean, what a disaster.
4: Awful. What a disaster.
3: I mean, Tony La Russa, yeah, that's one thing, but now it still continues. There's something majorly wrong in that organization. Might need to go to Ken Williams this time.
2: And, and you had the new Yankees reliever. Yes. What's his name? Wayne and Middleton? Keenan Keenan? Kanan? Kenan, Kenan Middleton. Botcher. Bocher, you something know, basically like <laughs> blowtorch them. I was gonna do yeah. this in the update, but now since we're talking about it. Blowtorch them. said, yeah, there's a player who regularly falls asleep in the bullpen. Guys miss meetings all the time. The, the organization is a disaster.
4: I'm not right about a lot of things, but we were on the Rooster thing from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And not that anybody else wasn't, but I mean, that was never going to work. And they tried to make it work and had no chance. And then when they gave this Pedro Graffal the job, like the the baseball world loved it. We were all a lifer. It's about time. And he has not fixed anything. And Pete's right. Now you got go to go over from the top and start from the whole thing. Not
3: Ken Anderson. Ken Williams. You said Ken Williams.
2: I did? Okay. I thought you did. Yeah. <laughs> well, this I... comes This comes back to Jerry Reinsdorf being that probably too. one of the worst owners in the last 20 years of professional sports. Yeah. But it might, it might be
3: time to change it up up there.
2: Let's move on to Saturday earlier before the
4: fight in Cleveland. Uh, elsewhere in Ohio, we had the Football Hall of Fame induction ceremonies. Joe Thomas was the last speaker of the day. Uh, and here is Joe during his Hall of Fame speech, taking shots at his good buddy Steve Johnson. To my best friend's growing up,
5: Steve Johnson. You always kept me humble. You beat me out my senior year of high school for the offensive lineman of the year in the Greater Metro Conference. Uh, thanks for never letting me forget that. I guess I was just a harder worker you, than you in college because you ended up being a long snapper, and I'm standing up here with the gold jacket. <laughs> I'll let you buy me a beer later. <laughs>
4: There's some heat in there, is there not?
6: He was there too. I so. know.
4: I know, and like I, so I've, I've heard this thing like three times, and I can't figure out if it's just a poorly delivered shot or like the. I guess I'm a harder worker than you is what keeps catching that, my that's ear. That's all
3: inside. That's all inside jokes, right there. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's all. Uh, Joe Thomas has been having this relationship with 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 him for years. And it's probably just a, another uh, just couple jabs.
4: Yeah, and you know the, lo- the long snapper jokes, as we know well, write themselves.
3: <laughs> Especially with some people in the audience. That but day. it's
4: the that one caveat of. I guess I worked harder than you in college. I need I need to know what that backstory is, what that inside joke pertains to.
3: I think I think it's an inside shot at him. He probably didn't work as hard as the long snapper.
4: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> now speaking of our favorite long snapper and his dad. Um, I only saw a picture of Peter Schwartz with a Hall of Fame ring. I'm assuming that was Joe Klecko, but it was in a T-shirt, which I hope means Schwartz didn't go to a Klecko Hall of Fame party in a T-shirt.
3: I I wouldn't put it past him. I
4: wouldn't, but he at least got himself near a Hall of Fame ring. But our quest on Friday was to see if he got himself into a Hall of Fame party, and I don't think he did, at least from what I saw on social
3: media. Yeah, The only parties I saw were the parties that Tiki attended to for Ronde. That's the only parties I saw.
4: I spent a strange amount of time seeing all those pictures, and in the run-up to this, wondering in his heart of hearts how Tiki feels about all of this. I'm sure he wants to be there. No, of course, but, but like, can you go that entire weekend and not in any have any feelings about yourself and be like, I should be here, uh, or I
3: was good, or the Giants should love me more? Like, no, not not for him because of their relationship. They. Him and Rondé are so close. Yeah, it's not. A, I, I bet you he. If he thought about it, it was about maybe like uh, a couple minutes. Nothing major.
4: I also think it helps that that they're twins. Yes. If Tiki was the older brother, because I I think that's how I'm thinking of it. Because I'm a, my my brother's younger than me, and if we had mm-hmm. somehow both played professional anything, and I was as good as Tiki, even my brother had Rondé's career, and therefore he's going into Canton. I, I think every once in a while on that weekend, I'd be like, I'd be, I, I don't even sort of what the right word is. It's just like, an,
3: it's a natural thought to be like
4: reminded like, of, like right. maybe I could have done this or done that, or well, why isn't like no one's paying attention, not enough attention to me.
3: There's so many reminders, <laughs> There's right. Bust in a whole. In in
4: and it looks like you. For, I mean, out right. loud for Tiki. It's like, is that me? Is that who, who is that?
3: No, I, I think for Tiki's sake, I think there will be a push for Tiki now that Rondé's in. I think Rondé also. Uh, In his speech, kind of alluding to that Tiki should be there. I think there will be a push for Tiki, and Tiki should be there.
4: Two other things on this. I don't know if this picture was real or not, and I I to be honest. I did not watch the ceremony live Saturday, Um, but I saw a picture of a barely, like, third full stadium as Joe Thomas was about to talk. I don't know if people ran out to get bathrooms and concessions in between speeches, but there was a picture from up above that showed almost nobody in that place... Preparing to listen to Joe Thomas. It
3: probably goes back to how hot it was, right? Because I mean, it is during the day. They used to do it at night. Why? When did they change it? I, I I don't remember. It might it might have just been this year or last year because in recent years I remember seeing speeches at night, right? In the dark. Thinking yeah. this is the way to do it. Get me out of the heat. Yeah, like the stupid
4: baseball one.
3: I, look, I I think I think as I've said on this show before, I think the Pro Football Hall of Fame is the best of all the Hall of Fames. The process. The, the selection, what you get, the, the bus, all that. I think it's the best of all the Hall of Fames in terms of how they handle things. They need to find an indoor facility. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, especially they're only drawing 75 people. Yeah. You can get a VFW Hall and call it a day. <laughs> uh, one other Hall of Fame note. There, I, I know, I think you might know him too, Pete. Colin Cosell, the last yes. name is obvious. Yes, He is one of the... Uh, public address announcers at City Field and other places here in New York. I've known him from uh, high school sporting event broadcasts. I've known him for years now. Excellent guy. Great guy. And his grandfather is Howard Cosell. And I didn't know this until Colin tweeted that yesterday that Howard is not in the Pro Football Hall of it's Fame. It's
3: amazing because they had that Rose, uh, the Pete Rozelle Award. Right. They have a media award. And you would think he'd be there. You could also make a case that he
4: goes in as a contributor because Monday Night Football is one of the most significant sports TV properties ever. Mm-hmm. And Howard Cosell is right in the reason for that being true.
3: You could also make a case that Howard Cosell should have a name on an award for the
4: whole thing. Right. And as Colin says, his grandfather was was tough to deal with the times and burn bridges and whatever. But I I like, I would have bet a lot of money for me. Pete would have bet like probably 75 full cents on this. That's right. That he was in the Hall of Fame for years. I couldn't believe that when I saw Colin's tweet yesterday. So that's something that needs to be rectified as soon as possible. Because for whatever issues you have with Howard Cosell, there's no way to talk about the growth of football without discussing him and Gifford and Don Meredith on Monday Night Football.
3: And that's surprising. that's got That's gotten past the committee that does I do it. See, I don't know if the big committee does that award. They, I don't think they do. So I think those probably.
4: awards come from the Hall of Fame. There's okay. got to be a committee for that too, but it's not the same selection process as the main players and coaches. I
3: Howard, Howard Cosell, long overdue, should be there.
4: Yes. Uh, now, last but not least, I think a young Howard Cosell did stats for Jody Mack when he was doing play-by-play <laughs> of the original American Football Championship. Uh, but our good friend Jody Mack on the air on CBS Sports Radio this weekend and had to talk about Packers football and tried to show off saying the Packers... GM's last name.
3: So let me ask you about roster building because I just don't understand. I I know the back and forth between Rodgers and your GM there, Gudenkuntz, that they just could never get on the same page. And uh, everyone who's a Rodgers fan think Gudenkuntz was an idiot and terrible. And everyone who didn't like Aaron and his attitude stood up for Gudenkuntz. I was kind of in the middle. I thought that both of them at times made mistakes and both of them were jerks. But here's one where I can't explain Guttenkunz's line of thinking.
4: Me neither. I mean, whether or not he's saying it correctly, Whatever he is. Yeah,
3: but why does he say it four times in seven seconds? I think a defense mechanism. It's a way for him to say uh, to feel like he's getting it right.
4: And poor poor Ryan B, who wasn't sure whether we could air that <laughs> correctly or not, because it flirts with some pretty it does. heinous language. It but does,
3: but it's it's in Joey's eyes it's a name yes and and it's not like there were certain syllables left off of it
4: right it could have been worse it could have been very clearly the bad 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 word
6: correct it was four times though
3: right and that like
4: as you, you texted me why does he do it four times in three seconds I mean that's the question like it, you do that when you master a denticumpo then you just start saying it to like show off <laughs> but he's showing off and he's got it wrong I think
6: maybe he just wants to say it like that
4: I don't know. And we still don't even know the right way to say it because the Packers have it said one way and the people who know them say it a different way. Uh, there is no right answer. Brian Gunter-Kunst. Exactly. Gunter-Kunst. But you gotta, at this point, you can't, you gotta go Gunty, my man. I mean, that's just the, that's actually the way to do it is you have Gunty, to. Gunte, my man. You gotta shorten it. Gunty. You Gunty got, for short. Sure. You gotta, exactly, you gotta make it your own. Gunty, uh whatever. Gunty. As awkward as it might be, but also space it out. You Brian don't. Brian Guntekunst. You don't need to say that over and over and over and over and over again.
3: For our sake, yes.
6: Right, we'll keep doing it. <laughs> Mr. GM, call him.
3: Yeah. The Packers GM.
6: Yeah. Mr. G. Mr. G. Mr. G. Mr. GM.
4: Hockey has this weird nickname thing. Like, George McPhee used to be the GM in Washington, the Capitals, and they called him GM GM, General Manager George McPhee. Somebody else... So we could call him like GBGM. We could call him something like that. Or GB, yeah, GBGM or GBBG. Or just BG. Let's call him BG. That's easy. Done. And now we're not flirting with danger. That's fine with me. Because even Gunty or Gunty is probably wrong. I think it's definitely wrong. But keep doing it, Jody. And get that number straight. Right. 855 212 cbs 4227 It's time for headlines. I think he's typing furiously to my left. If you're ready, Boyle. I am ready. I it was away. just
2: tweaking, making sure everything was uh, nice and spick and span in there and looking perfect. Did you get the sound you are looking for? No. Okay. No, we did not do that, but I will not comment on that. Um, but, yeah, Sunday night baseball last night at Petco. The Dodgers wasted no time beating up on poor old Dick Hill.
3: And now the 3-2. And a
2: high fly ball to right. It's
3: deep, and it's on its way. And Freddie Freeman with a three-run home run. And the Dodgers are doing damage to their former teammate, Rich Hill. They are beating him to a pulp.
2: <laughs> they, they did beat him to a pulp. That's Dodgers radio. Three-run bomb on a little cement mixer breaking ball for Freddie Freeman. That made it 6-0 in the second inning. Dodgers cruise to an 8-2 win. Padres now three games back of the Reds, and... That's right, the Cubbies for the final and a wild card spot. They actually play again today, by the way. Uh, I did a quick Google search, and I couldn't find an answer. I don't know if that's a makeup game or just bizarre scheduling. Padres-Dodgers wraparound? Yeah, 4-10. So-
5: Padres on the loose. Let's go, goose. That's
4: what's in. Now, do the Mets do that this weekend with the Braves, too? It's not It's not abnormal to have that wraparound series. And it's in San Diego. Has there been a rainout in San Diego? That's a recent there. memory. I went
2: there two weeks ago. It rained the first day I was there, and it probably rains ten days out of the year. The right. Part
3: of the scheduling I don't like anymore is the wraparound uh, weekend series that they've been doing, and and especially the uh, the series that end that end before Sunday. Those have been horrible.
2: And they do play again later this year, and both of them, if I'm not mistaken, both of them have an off day before the Friday, Saturday, Sunday series starts. So why wouldn't you just make that a four?
4: Yeah, I'm four looking four game series. I'm looking at it right now, and it doesn't it doesn't mention that this is a rainout, so I think this is just
2: the series. That's weird. Anyway, yeah. other other late games from yesterday. Somebody break up the A's. They sweep the two game battle of the Bay against the Giants, winning yesterday eight six. Is that came... so? That is so. They came from behind to score the final five runs. And Anaheim, Eugenio Suarez's franchise record ten game RBI streak came to an end on Saturday. But he went right back to delivering yesterday. Three balls, two strikes. Maria set. Here's his pitch. Swung on, smoked, left field line, down for a base hit. Ty France screaming around third base. He's being waved in. He will score standing. Julio into third, and he is out at third. Mariners Radio, go ahead, RBI single in the 10th. The M's pull off the four game sweep of the Angels. 3 2, the final and extras. Uh, Pete and Bogish, maybe the Mets made the right move because they've lost six in a row and they sold. And the Angels tried to buy for Otani, mm-hmm. and they've lost six in a row. Mm-hmm. Oh, Maron. Mm-hmm. 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 The Mets have gone from—they're a Triple A ball club. I mean,
4: literally at the flip of the deadline, like mm-hmm. you could have made the case, like okay, there's a chance where they could maybe make a run. They're, They're not that good, and now they are useless. This good night, is
2: everyone. this is a stretch of the baseball season. I don't like to bet on baseball a lot, but this is a stretch where you bet against the Mets every day. Until they prove otherwise, they're yep. playing the Cubs now. Starting the night, Cubs. Nothing. I just talk. We'll talk about the Cubs in a second. They are red hot, and then they play the Braves this weekend, who own them. Yep. Money line and money line and red line every day this week. Pete, give them, give you something to at least you know watch for. That's Is right. this an
3: official? Whatever
2: you're betting. The, PB, boys. The <laughs> PB boys, the <sighs> PB <sighs> like boys,
3: the PB boys. We never
2: put together a home run parlay the other day. By the way, no, we
3: should. We got to do that on Tuesdays.
2: Okay, on Tuesday. He's not
4: here on Tuesday. How about Wednesday? We'll do it on Wednesday. Are you here Wednesday? I am here Wednesday. Okay.
2: All right. A uh, qu- couple more quick things because I got to get out of here. I know they played early uh, yesterday early afternoon yesterday, so I'm only mentioning them because again, they're the hottest team in baseball. The Cubbies cannot lose. Six four over the Braves yesterday. It's their sixth straight series win. They're fifteen and four in their last nineteen games. Uh, and Cody Bellinger may be the hottest man on earth. He is good looking, but he has an OPS of almost <laughs> twelve hundred. Since July, uh, WNBA yesterday, possible WNBA finals preview. And boy, did the Liberty make a statement blowing out the defending champion, Las Vegas Aces, 99-61. Sabrina Ionescu went off for 31 points. The Liberty outscored Vegas 50-17 to in the second half. We'll recap the other scores from yesterday, but really quickly, golf. Lucas Glover won the Wyndham Championship at 20-under. Poor Justin Thomas. He needed to finish inside the top 10 this weekend to qualify for the FedEx playoffs. They had him projected at 71st out of 70 as he hit his tee shot on the 18th hole yesterday. He had a birdie chip from like maybe 50 yards out that lipped out, and he ends up missing it by one stroke. So he is not going to be in the playoffs. So poor Justin Thomas. Finally, Women's World Cup. Uh, We were watching it before. The satellite dish has been blacked out yet again. But the (laughs) England women overcome playing with 10 women. A red card in the 87th minute. They hold on. They beat Nigeria in penalties. They're moving on to the quarterfinals. How about that? And how about that? And right now, Australia and Denmark scoreless in the 15th minute. That red card was for stepping on a Nigerian player
4: who was down on the turf. Good times. No fight though after that. Was it a stomp? Uh it was not a stomp it was a but it was a step on she didn't it was not forced down but she walked over her back to get back into play
6: That's that's as bad yeah
4: <laughs> And apparently uh, it doesn't matter the intent or the force you just can't walk on somebody, so it was a pretty easy red card. Really?
3: Yeah, <laughs> you can't walk on. Anybody.
4: And we're all learning soccer. That's another rule, right down. You can't walk on be, your opponent.
3: I think that'd be the first thing in the rule book. <laughs>
4: uh, we are just getting going on this Monday morning again. No DA all this week, but at least you do get him in another former fashion. He's got the Jim Rome show for you, noon to three Eastern here. On most of these same stations and on CBS Sports Network, Monday through Thursday, DA is doing that. We're back in just a second on the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. and the waiter, the waitress, a 32-ounce Yeti, and they're bringing it back full with whatever I asked for. Oh, because so, it's
5: all-inclusive. And they just right. fill up whatever you give
4: them. Exactly. Wowie. DA on CBS Sports Radio. Now, I don't know if Pete played that on purpose because he knows that the wife and I just booked that same trip again for February. Oh, the Dave Matthews trip? A little weekend in Cancun. Oh.
3: You, I've never seen somebody go on so many
4: trips. So so here comes that Yeti again to be handed off to great wait staff and be brought back with my fresca and vodka. Wowie! Exactly. See you guys later. Super Bowl, a <laughs> couple of days of post-show, and then I'm out. More like yummy. See you later. Um, It's another show minus DA, Andrew Bogish, Pete, Ryan, Boyle, Brooke, we're all here with you. You've got to still – we've been doing this for a while now – but please still be patient as I figure out how to BDA DA from top to bottom. On Friday, didn't leave enough time to read through all of your Target demo Friday responses. And There were a lot of them, which we appreciate. And there was one in particular that I wanted to mention. It came in pretty quickly, so it got lost in the shuffle by the time we got to 930, 945 Eastern on Friday. But when we had our old-timey baseball fun with Jody, was ah, that see? Wednesday or Thursday, the name Smedley Hoover was presented once again, I think, by Pete Boyle. Brought us Pebbles Dunkerson, and
0: whatever became of little Smedley Hoover?
3: And
4: DA asked for Twitter name, Twitter handles with those names involved. Oh,
3: we got one, and
4: we did get. Now <laughs> this is a regular person who changed like the headline to Smedley Hoover gone incognito. <laughs> I believe that's originally incognito man I who flipped I would think it. So, yes. Uh, But he was listening via Morse code in Wisconsin. (laughs) And he thinks Jody Mack should take the Pony Express and trade some trinkets for Long Island.
2: Good morning. What do you want? We'd like to get a room, please. All right.
4: So as always, you guys do not disappoint. You take your cues well. And you come through for us with Smedley Hoover.
3: (laughs) Thank you very much. That made my day. Yeah.
4: And (laughs) stay tuned because it's only Monday. God knows where we're going to go with Jody and time travel between now and Friday. I
3: I want him on American Bandstand next.
4: You know what? I could see Jody as like uh, the bass player in
6: like. F- some kind of 50s rock band. <laughs> <Yes>. Tambourine player. <laughs>
4: you see tambourine?
6: That or like, he's just the guy that dances on stage.
4: <laughs> right next to Dick Clark. <laughs> <laughs> see, I think more, um, I'm, like I'm thinking bass, it's like cool, subdued. He's just, he's got the, he, and you can use the hat that he had as the umpire hat in the Target Mo Friday meme. And he's just standing there like nodding his head, strumming the bass, or maybe a little swivel. That's how I see Jody in a, in a rock
6: band. Like ZZ Top? Sure, long beard.
3: Yeah, yeah. I could have also seen him in early Madonna's. Uh, okay, I'm like, listening. As the one that's like, you, you're expecting a different look for Madonna's group. Like he's the one that's the, the bass player. That's the one that one that looks totally different than than the group. You, I could see that
4: Madonna had a had a bass player well, probably, to look like Jody Mac. Maybe I don't know. Because he can't be a backup dancer.
3: Or or somebody like that from the 80s that you wouldn't expect Jody to be with.
4: We may expand on that. We will definitely get to college expansion as the Pac-12 is about to go bye-bye. That's how we begin Hour 2 of the D8 Show on CBS Sports Radio. You're thinking it.
5: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
1: Musik